All right, D. Smith, welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista. It is also brought to you by Sport Clips, where it is good to be a guy. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast today, Darren, on location. This is very, very different for us. We have a uh, we have something to look at. Normally, we're watching like matches. We're normally distracted during a podcast, but this is taking it to a completely different level. Yeah, I tried to hold my microphone down to pick up a little bit of the sound as to just give a hint for where we are. Now, I'm sure we're going to let people know ahead of time where we are broadcasting from, but just in case somebody automatically hit play and didn't bother to read the episode description or read the tagline here, I wanted everybody to hear a little bit of the sound that we are hearing. And no, we are not at a landscaping convention because you might hear a lawnmower in the background. Hopefully you're hearing the sound of soccer boots hitting ball, maybe balls off of the uh, netting and uh, passing, etc. We are actually at SD Loyal practice on a Wednesday morning. A mm. little bit of cloud coverage here. It's a cool morning at Torero Stadium, where we were on Sunday night, where we'll be again upcoming this Saturday night. Yes, so uh, practice going on right now. It's very... Uh very relaxing, very cool, overcast this morning. I see the cleaning crews up in the the press box where Darren was on Sunday night. Um, Actually, I was just below that. Oh, were you below? You were down in the that. lower one? I was unaware of that. I was in the lower one. That Ooh. is correct. And okay. we are sitting right in front of where Jack Cronin and Shannon McMillan broadcast from. So we are on the south side of the field. And yes, across from us, that is where the press box was located and where that goofy-ass public address announcer was conducting his operation, his clown show all Sunday night. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that guy. We actually, um, let's be honest, Darren, we tried to break into Cronin's broadcast booth to, to record this podcast. Yes. It was locked. It was locked. We could not get in. So I believe these are actually the seats. I think Darren's actually sitting in the, the seat that Warren Smith sat in during Sunday night's match. Um, if anyone was able to tune into the post-match show, where Darren and I host for San Diego Loyal on their Facebook page, maybe more than just Facebook soon, who knows? Um, you, you may have heard us bring up the fact that someone was yelling, Beat LA! Beat LA! And uh, that was Warren Smith, the president of the club, and he was sitting in the very seat that Darren is in right now. So we're up in the bleachers in front of the broadcast booth, like Darren said. Oh, did, did nobody tell you, by the way, that what? these seats are reserved for people with the last name Smith? That's nobody nobody told you that that these are the Smith seats here. Yeah. I, don't, I guess you did not get that memo here. That's like, that's why I thought we were gravitating over towards this area because you knew that I would feel more comfortable in the Smith seats. Yeah, Smith section. Should we rename this section at Torero Stadium after the Smiths? I like it. Yeah, we could do it. I mean, it's a very it's pretty cool to be here. I'm not gonna not gonna lie there. And I don't I don't go to many professional soccer practices. Uh, done stuff with Club Tijuana for a while in the past, and I never went down to watch practice uh, really all that often. Never really had the opportunity, but this is this is pretty cool. You're starting to hear it pick up a little bit more. I hope you can pick this up in the background because we can hear it quite well. Um, there's no one else here on campus other than a cleaning crew. There's some construction going on. Um, Darren mentioned you hear some landscaping in the background, but pretty much this is practice, and that's where we are, and we... Uh, 
we got a lot to talk about today. Yeah, and I guess we should describe it just to set the scene too, because you know we're sitting here and uh, to our right, which would be the uh, east goal, which would be where the supporter section is, and the TFO still there, forever loyal, owned by nobody, including the Black Lives Matter post and the different flags for the different players who play for SD Loyal. Uh, you might have seen that section 109 is to our right. That is where the goalkeepers are working. And we are seeing uh, Matt Hall, goalkeeping coach. We are seeing the three keepers on roster. They are off on one side. And then over to our left on the west side, we're seeing uh, a couple of different groups. You know, we're seeing uh, one drill going on. I know that we're not supposed to go into any great detail. Not that you and I are even qualified to describe what's happening here. (laughs) I mean, no one has ever listened to this podcast to know that we're breaking down what's happening, what we see in front of us. We could get kidnapped by the Las Vegas Lights coaching staff and they'd be like, tell us everything that you saw during practice and we would be utterly useless we to them be like, because well, we had, couldn't tell them anything about what we saw because we have no fucking clue. They had purple jerseys, there were red jerseys, there were some <laughs> uh, highlighter green kits out there. Does that help? Does, are we are we now hired by Las Vegas? Oh, we've got the scoop. The goalkeepers were on one side and then the other players, the outfielders, were on the other side. Does that do you any good? No? Oh, okay. Sorry. We're utterly useless to you. We are of a no service as it relates to espionage. I suppose that's why they allowed us to come in here right. they, and record no this threat. podcast. So they're like, those two idiots don't know Jack Squad. Have you heard their podcast? They're terrible. Yeah, they talk about beer more often than they talk <laughs> about soccer. Right. If, yeah, if we're worried about our beer secrets and our haircutting secrets getting out, we shouldn't let those guys into training. But as far as the tactics and the soccer, no big deal. No problem whatsoever. But it is fun to watch them in action. It is fun to watch Nate Miller, who was on the podcast last week, and Landon Donovan and the entire coaching staff on either side just doing their thing. You know, and I think the thing that you and I could probably convey to the listeners of this podcast is, listen, let's be honest here. Let's not sugarcoat it. That was a rough, rough match on Sunday night. And easily the clunker of the four matches that this club has played in its entire history, which requires... What was that? How many again? Four total, oh, okay, right? Four. Like, you would understand this metaphor having just gone through it. Like, this baby's just out of the womb. So, you know, we're just... We haven't even cut the umbilical cord yet. And it's not to suggest that, you know, it's it's making excuses. It's just a little bit of perspective for what's happening. That said, uh, I also wanted to, to you know, see what kind of energy was here and... You know, see if if they had picked themselves up and how the coaches felt, et cetera. So I do think that there's something to be learned as they get set to play here at Torero Stadium Saturday night against Las Vegas Lights, 7 p.m. Right. We want to remind everybody of that because if you looked at the schedule initially, it was originally a 5 o'clock kickoff. But uh, all home matches will be at 7 p.m. at Torero Stadium moving forward. But, you know, to me... Again, and, and not having spent a ton of time around different training sessions, you know, energy looks good. Coaches seem to be enthusiastic. So I, I think at least we can convey that to the listeners, you know, that they don't look like they need to be physically picked up off the pitch here in order just to train. Yeah, I don't see any moping around. Um, I remember back in February, Darren, you and I did a podcast where we talked about how much we're looking forward to the club. We were very excited about San Diego Loyal. Um, We were very excited and we talked at length about all the firsts that we were going to experience with this club. And a few of the firsts that we talked about um, when we find out the name for the first time, when we found out the what the kits looked like for the first time, we found out the sponsor 
uh, the main sponsor who is going to be, we found out it was going to be Stone for the first time. We were really excited for a lot of the first. We were excited for that first win. We were excited for the first goal from Adams. We didn't know who it would be, but we saw it here at Torero Stadium against Las Vegas. One of the things we brought up then was we're also looking forward to that first loss. We're looking forward to the first tie. We're looking forward to the first win. We're looking forward to all of this. Like this is everything that comes with having your own your own club in town. Um, you're going to experience losses. I guarantee. Well, I mean, I would. I don't know if I should guarantee anything, but there's a chance there, and they actually brace yourself. Lose again this season. What? <laughs> they might do it. Um, so I, I mean, I think this is what we experienced for the first time Sunday night was part of a larger package of just kind of what we were excited for coming into this season. Like being able to actually experience that first loss is pretty cool. As weird as that may sound. Yeah. I mean, you could say you were here when, right. And you know, when you're only, but uh, a handful of people who are actually allowed at Torero stadium, you know, that's something that we got to experience, frankly, that the supporters didn't and that the fans of this club very, very early on did not. And, you know, I think that even though I, I think by now everybody realizes that we're somewhat attached to this team in our capacity of pregame and postgame uh, hosts and, and pundits or whatever term it is that you want to use, you know, we're also you know, here to bring some of that to people who aren't allowed in. You know, that's part of what we were doing here, and that's part of what the club wanted us to convey to people who tuned in to the pre-match show or to the post-match show. And, you know, so for us, you know, you would have normally under better circumstances, you would have been here inside of Torero Stadium, and you would have experienced that if you're listening to this podcast so uh, we were here, and you know there weren't many, and uh, there were just a couple of dozen people here who, who were inside of Torero Stadium to experience that. So we could talk a little bit about what we saw post-match. You had some interaction with Landon Donovan during the match, you know, audio that we will play here for you. Uh, we can take you behind the scenes and, and you know do the best we can to make you included in this. But to Jordan's point, like, yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to lose matches. There's, there's no other way to say it. You know, and I think the other thing, Jordan, and let's, you know, let's be honest about this, I think part of it also is, you know, we got really, really uh, wrapped up, understandably so, into like Group B standings, right? Like Phoenix Rising, Orange County SC, and seven points, top of the group. And that's still where SD Loyal is heading into their fifth matchup coming this weekend. One of the most difficult groups yeah. out there. It's one of the groups that actually has five clubs as opposed to four. So there's a little bit more competition. There's a lot to look at in Group B. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think for me as I thought about it over the last couple of days, you know, part of it was the disappointment of losing a match, you know, where they just frankly didn't play well. You know, Landon Donovan has, has you know, said it much uh, when Jordan talked to him at halftime against LA Galaxy 2. And, you know, part of it also is, yeah, this is still a club that's four matches in. And to a certain extent, they're still in that first impression stage, right? Like, you know, opening night was so fantastic, March 7th. The match, as Nate Miller told us last week, you know, really wasn't great. It, you know, it wasn't great on March 7th against Las Vegas. But the pageantry of it all and opening night and the sellout crowd and the locals and, and you know, everything that went into that sort of overshadowed, right, the performance because we were just like – you and I doing post game and, and like, oh, this was so great. This was amazing. What a night. Wow, the first of so many. And then the second match was on the eve of the entire world shutting down. And then their third match, you know, there were some technical issues. And then, you know, you sort of built up and ramped up to a Sunday night. And, you know, that, that whole phrase about not getting a second chance of making a first impression, we're in this for the long haul. But, you know, some, I know you experienced this as well, people tune in and they go, huh, okay, you know, I, I don't, 
you know, that you want to impress those people. Like you want to do everything you can to impress those people so that they go, hey, wow, that was a lot of fun, win or lose. That was a lot of fun. You know, I want to tune back into that. I got a club. I love the identity. So, you know, I felt like some of that probably factored into the disappointment. It wasn't, you know, just that it was a loss and it impacted the Group B standings and the club didn't play all that well. But, you know, I think they're, they we're still in that, like, hey, you're trying to make a good impression. You know there's competition. Baseball's coming back this week. So, you know, you're, you're in a little bit of a battle here for eyeballs and television sets, et cetera. You know, and I think if we're being honest, that's probably some of it as well. Like, you wanted them to just, you know, have a, a, for, a, a really unforgettable performance, not a forgettable performance on Sunday night. Yeah, I think there was a, it was a combination of a lot of things that happened Sunday night. A lot of eyeballs looking looking forward to what was going to happen at Torero Stadium, finally back at home. Um, I really think between the performance, you really add to it not having the fans inside the stadium. It really adds to the disappointment because it kind of just you didn't have that environment that right. you experienced when you were here for Las Vegas. Because all you had was the soccer. All you had was the soccer. Yep. There was nothing else. It, it really added to it. So I think, I think the fans clearly were missed Sunday night. Clearly, because especially in this sport, they provide such a huge part of the game. And we didn't get that. And so, like, you add the fact that it's an empty stadium, it's a quiet stadium, a performance that was lackluster um, against a, a team in your group where you hope to finish above, you, you kind of combine all of that together on a late Sunday night, and you're, you're left pretty disappointed. Right. And, you know, to your point, how many times have you and I, let's say, gone down to Tijuana? Or how many times have, you know, I gone? Uh, I'll give you a great example. As a Barca supporter, uh, I can remember being there, that nightmare at Anfield. And that was, like, so crushing. Like, because, like, you know, Chances are Barca wins the Champions League. Sorry, Spurs fans, but chances are Barca wins Champions League if they just finish the job at Anfield. But that day was so memorable because you know, you're around everybody in uh, the Pena, right? Like as a Chelsea supporter, you're gonna, you know, you know, you've had moments where you've been around Chelsea supporters, and your your club lost. But like it was still memory building, and like to your point, like all we had Sunday night was the soccer, so it was sort of like 100% of the focus. If if fans and supporters were allowed here at Torero Stadium, chances are that might have been one of the greatest nights of your lives. You might have, you know, formed new memories and jumped up and down and you might have been exhausted and had some beers and you would have been singing and you would have, you know, all of it. And you would have been like, well, listen, hey, we, we still had fun. It just was disappointing. But that's all we had. So, right. yeah, that's sort of the challenge here of playing in these circumstances without supporters inside of the building is that like it feels like 100 percent of the focus, understandably, is on the soccer. And you started to say it, Darren, when we go down to Club Tijuana, even if they lose, we, we talk about the experience of going down to Club yeah. Tijuana. We talk about going out for drinks, the food that we had down in TJ, getting drinks after the match, coming back, crossing the border, getting back home, the whole experience. And that's kind of what you miss Sunday, because what was this season supposed to be? The season was supposed to be a huge celebration of the fact that San Diego finally has a club to represent the city. And... Now you have a lot of the elements that you would be celebrating taken away. So, I mean, it just added to it, I thought. And, again, like, this this club's going to lose. That's not breaking news. They're going to lose again at some point this season. Yeah. Um, Darren four. and I. Four total. Four total matches. Four total matches right. they played. Yeah. <laughs> they've only played four. And, and they've had you know, some and very impressive wins. Now, if you look it's at It's an the, expansion club. If Yeah. Now, if in a perfect world, if you were to have this record, you would prefer that your wins came against the teams in your group as opposed to your loss and your draw going against the group. But that's what kind of gets thrown into the weird season that is 2020 because you almost have, you don't want to take an NFL mindset to a soccer season, but in a 16-match season, um, everyone's fairly important. So the ones against your group, they, they really add importance to those and you, you lose points in those they will be highlighted but again it's this season was supposed to be a celebration and uh 
we didn't have all the elements that we wanted Sunday night, and I felt like it added to it. But I, I do have some uh, some positivity. We, we've kind of gone through the negativity, I feel like, um, since Sunday. I, well, I, you I know, hope- and, and I think it's a good thing, you know, and again, I don't, I think we only speak for ourselves here. But, you know, that they were, that people were so disappointed about Sunday night, I think, is, is a good thing because it shows you already people are, are uh, emotionally attached to San Diego Loyal. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I also think that there's a silver lining in that, you know, that people were disappointed, even given the circumstances, you know, that we're still in this pandemic and it still is an expansion club. You know, I think that people uh, find themselves so disappointed in that is really kind of a good thing in, in a strange way, if that makes sense. And it probably doesn't, but in a way... I feel you on that. Yeah, it, it makes sense because people have already formed an attachment to this club, which is just four matches old. Yeah, and the attachment is important, but also with that is expectation. I think there's there is some expectation with this club because you have a guy like Landon Donovan and yeah it is an expansion club but you bring in some very talented players you have the defender of the year in this league on your back line right now like there is a lot of talent so there's a so, little bit mostly of on the back line sometimes, sometimes under extreme circumstances he, really, he plays up front yeah so a few things here you go Darren I came up with three things that I actually liked from Sunday okay. night how about and, that and let me just point out that there's nice there's a, a quick lull in the action here so yeah, you might have the this. entire club listening to Jordan right now yeah so uh, the very first thing I liked from Sunday night we might have the best goal keeper in the league he's a fucking stud dude how good was that cronin with the highlights over and over and over again kempen wow um i don't i really haven't analyzed all the goalies in this league if we're being honest Darren, i haven't i don't break down that film i I know that might surprise you but i'm gonna go out on a limb and say we might have the best goalie in the league which is which is pretty cool that's gonna help you in this group play in this potential road of the playoffs that we talk about obviously goalie on loan from columbus crew um, actually played for Galaxy way back when. So actually went up against his former team, had quite the performance. That was clearly the biggest takeaway from Sunday night. If you're going to take a positive, it is the performance from Kempen. I would agree. And, you know, I think we had a chance to chat with him. We were here last week, and we had a chance to chat with him for, I don't know, about 10, 15 minutes and, and just get to know him a little bit. It was very casual. You know, it wasn't an on-record conversation, not that anything happened that would have been all that interesting off-record. But, you know, he just told us a little bit about himself. We were talking about growing up, Kansas City, you know, grew up a Kansas City Chiefs fan, super stoked that he got to watch a team that he grew up for, win a Super Bowl. Uh, he himself has a, a history of winning at the professional level. So, yeah, he's uh, you know, he was just great on Sunday night. And, yeah, he really helped, I think, you know, back to the, the actual – soccer itself like he helped avert what you know was a disappointing night into sort of a disastrous night right like there's a couple of different ways of looking at it you know loyal had a couple of chances there in the first half to score themselves but Kempen absolutely saved them from you know not that we want to start digging around in gold differential land but you know if if we're being honest like you know there were three or, or four really really good opportunities for Los Dos, and he just made some killer saves, and you can vote, by the way, for one of those saves. Uh, the USL puts it out that you can vote for the league save of the week, and John Kempen was nominated one of uh, four saves uh, that were nominated for the save of the week. So you know, go to the USL website and vote for it, and tell them, hey, listen, uh, th- there was something that was absolutely outstanding in that performance on Sunday night, and it was the guy between the net, the uh, guy between the pipes. Yeah, and I actually find him to be one of the most interesting players on this roster. Usually goalies are a little bit of a different breed anyway. They're usually a little bit different than the rest of the players, so you already have the goalie thing going for you. Um, But he's just one of those guys, you you mentioned a lot of winning in his background, won a state title in high school. He's already in his high school Hall of Fame. 
um, Royals fan, Chiefs fan, um, actually made his debut with Sporting Kansas City, so had the opportunity for his home club to to make that move, to make the debut with them. So he's won a USL championship with Orlando City. Um, so he definitely has winning in his background, and he's one of those guys that I think, obviously, he's going to be a, a huge piece to the puzzle for Loyal this year. He's a very important piece, but I also think he's one of those guys, as much as we say Joe says no, um, he's definitely going to be one of the fan favorites back there is Kempen. Yeah, and uh, very vocal too. Yeah, you know, and I get really, really stands out too, especially in the absence of fans. You know how, and, and this is almost every keeper, right? Like we've watched you know, Tim Howard for well over you know a decade plus with you know, the same type of personality, constantly trying to get you know, his defenders in the right place, tell everybody where they are, not just on set pieces and, and kicks and, and things along, you know, just constantly directing traffic back there. He was a big part of that. Again, and, and he kept them in the match, you know. I mean, they were, you know, a couple of uh, you know, clever individual performances away from from perhaps stealing that one against Los Dos in large part because of, of how Kempen played. Yeah, and that kind of performance, if you can you can have those kind of performances if you actually do have the best goalie in the league, that could be the difference between a playoff team and a non-playoff team. Like he'll make he'll make uh, multiple differences throughout matches whether it's like you like you say steal steal a match here, you get 3 instead of 1. That kind of stuff will add up quickly. So that kind of performance and that kind of goalie in net could really be a pretty big difference. So that was obviously one of the best takeaways. That was the most positive takeaway from Sunday night. Man of the match by far. Not we talked close. about it on the post-match show. Uh, I, I don't even know that anybody would have been nominated. Uh, but yeah, maybe Grant Stoneman. But I, I mean, he was the obvious choice for man of the match that we announced on the post-match show. We also should update everybody that uh, the entire squad has now gravitated towards the uh, east side, the east half of the field. Uh, assistant coach Nate Miller is uh, barking out direction, but it looks like all 25 or so players are on uh, one side of the pitch now directly right in front of us. Now, does Landon participate in these drills? Do you think there's any moments where he's like, you know what, let me in on this. Let me participate. In let me show you how this is done real quick. I see him standing behind the net. I don't think he's actually going to participate in this one. You think he is there a chance he's going to uh, pull a Tim Howard? Is that what you're saying? Is no, he, I'm just curious. We're here at practice. I wonder at least behind the scenes if he does it. I know he's not going to do it when it matters, but I think he's held back a little bit. Is he? I think he might. He probably wants feel to it. be out there and being yeah. with the guys, you know, actually as one of the players. I, I saw him last week in training. Just put a couple by himself, uh, put, a, put a couple into the net hmm. off on his own. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Fan those flames, Darren. Um, speaking of Landon, it's number two on my list. Landon Donovan's outfit Sunday night I thought was absolutely incredible. I thought it was very good. I thought he was very well sharp, uh, well dressed, very, very sharply dressed. Um, I think a great performance when it comes to Landon Donovan's wardrobe. He had a huge upgrade. Kind of like the off-white pants going a little bit. I don't know the exact color, so I apologize if I have that wrong. But lighter pair of pants looked a little off-white to me. He had the light blue button-down shirt. He had a gray, light blue jacket. It uh, it fit really nice. No pocket square, Darren. He went no pocket square Sunday night. And he, uh, as did the rest of the team, he had the pride armband going over his suit jacket as well. So I thought Landon looked very, very good Sunday night. We talk a lot about his wardrobe, so that's not going to change this year. Yeah, a huge upgrade from what we saw in Salt Lake City. 
And uh, I've said this to Landon too. Pants maybe a little tight. He claimed it's because he put on some weight during pandemic, during shutdown. Yeah, where did you that. learn that information? Uh, on the radio. He actually, I brought it up to him on the radio. Really? Because I'm that kind of guy. Yeah, I'm. I am absolutely that kind of guy. We just had a goal scored, although I'm not sure exactly who number 13 is. Anyway, uh, not gonna dwell too much on that but yes a huge huge upgrade from salt lake i agree with you that really really stood out to me a goal is scored and darren stops everything (laughs) we're starved for a little for some goals here early on just a few number 13 now i want to look up the roster to get this down scanning the app don't don't see a number 13 maybe we shouldn't even be saying this probably not maybe it's a secret weapon Dun, dun, dun. Great. We just gave out all the secrets for Las Vegas Lights. Yeah, look out for number 13, a player who doesn't even exist. <laughs> We're going to have 12 guys out there. One of them you can't see. Uh, so number two on my list, Landon Donovan outfit. Absolutely fantastic. He brought it Sunday night. Um, and number three, uh, something we did not bring up on the pre-match or post-match show, but something um, that was very noticeable, and I do want to bring it up, the fact that they did wear the pride armbands uh, while wearing their Black Lives Matter jerseys on Sunday night. Uh, for those who did not tune in, who did not get to see the ESPN Plus or tune into CW to hear Jack Cronin, Shannon McMillan, uh, without the pride weekend happening in San Diego with everyone gathering in person, obviously, with everything going on, you saw San Diego loyal with the uh, pride bands over the weekend. So those were the three things that I really enjoyed from Sunday night. Darren uh, is locked in on this I am practice. In. I they am are off and running. In they this are world. off and running. There is a lot of activity here. There's no doubt about it. By the way, we I don't think they're the wearing their stage. official numbers that they will be wearing because I believe that we see Joe Greenspan wearing a totally different number than the number that we've seen him wear during matches. So I think I know who number 13 is. Well, Kempin just made another save. Yes, I believe that is Tumi Moshibani. There we go. What we did announce, um, new name for the show, pre-match and post-match. It's going to be called Match Day Live. So, again, you can tune in all season long with San Diego Loyal 30 minutes before kickoff. They have changed the kickoff time this Saturday against Las Vegas. They will now kick off at 7 p.m. instead of 5. So that means Darren and I will be on the field. We'll be pitch side at 6.30. Uh, Facebook. I don't have a Facebook. I've seen this question a few times on social media. Is there a way to watch this without the Facebook app? I don't have the Facebook app, and I've, I've been able to watch this because I need to be able to watch the live comments. I don't even have a Facebook. Just Google Facebook, like San Diego Loyal Facebook, and you'll be able to watch it. I don't even think you need an account. I thought we did for the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. I thought we felt like it was well, uh, just, something like that was me necessary for I don't us. even have one, and yeah, I'm not even like, logged into the podcast one when I'm watching the San Diego Loyal feed. So for And I know there's a lot of people out there who, who don't have a Facebook. Like I said, I'm one of them. Um, you still are able to watch this show. You don't actually need an account. So I hope that helps. And again, we're looking to expand where you can actually tune in and watch. But 30 minutes before the match, every single match, um, when they're on the road, we're going to be at Stone Liberty Station. I know we brought this up last week on the on the episode, but I at least want to bring it up again because Match Day Live, that's the name, 30 minutes before and then following the match, Darren and I will be there. So really, really looking. I mean, I'm really proud that the podcast is, is attached to the club and in the setup that we actually have down there, like I could not ask for a better setup. Like it's so much fun. Oh my god! And if anyone has listened to this podcast great. for five plus years, I mean, Darren and I, we we have a lot of fun watching soccer. That's just kind of what we do. We don't get we get emotional. We like our when our clubs win, obviously. And we got a Barca fan on here. Clearly, he wants to win. Um, but What's we're gonna have <laughs> Chelsea fan doesn't want to win. <laughs> um, just giving you a hard time. Um, <laughs> but like. 
even with what happened Sunday night. Like we're still gonna have fun on the post match show. Like yeah. Warren had a bunch of fun on the pre match show. Like that's what we're gonna be this this season. Warren so not- Smith is invited to every pre match right? show because yeah, we have because Stone Brewing's the the shirt sponsor and one of the main sponsors here. And they've got this amazing gargoyle that they inflate for the match itself. That would have been killer if you were here. Like, you all would have been taking a bunch of pictures of it. Yeah. And uh, Warren shows up. about it. And we have beers on our set. And Warren's like, what are these props? He's like, crack these suckers open, Let's man. Let's go so already. We just started, all right. And you had responsibilities during the match. I was off the do PA, so there's only so much we could do. Warren's like, these aren't props to me. These suckers are cold. Let's get into it, which we love. I mean, that's our president, man. And he's just, he's great. And I joined us to talk a little bit about getting back, getting up and running. Shout out to the supporters. Of course, talked a little bit about the Midway Sports and Entertainment District. So, you know, our president's just cooler than any other president. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, like you said, always welcome on the pre-match show, post-match show. Uh, wants to drink a beer, we're down. That's that's what we're going to be this year. So I don't, I'm not going to be doing a lot of crying in the post-match show following a loss. Like, I'm just... Let's have fun with it. Like I said, win or lose, we drink the brews. Yeah, I mean, come on. We're, we're a club sponsored by Stone. What do you guys expect? We're going to have a lot of fun. So even after a loss, feel free to tune in. We're going to try to have as much fun as and, possible. And we love that the club sort of uh, it sort of uh, promotes that as well. Like They're like, you know, those those beers aren't there just for you guys to look at. Yeah, those, that's <laughs> like, our sponsor. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, that's so there's an expect- That's familiar. This is the only job I've ever had uh, where it's like, you know, those beers aren't just for show. Yeah. Like, you guys are the hosts. You're on camera. What are you doing? You need to be drinking. <laughs> um, so we had a lot of fun. We missed the fans, clearly. The the whole environment was was shot because of it, and that's just part of this sport. Yep. I um, mean, my wife missed it, too, because, you know, my wife would come to the match, and she brought a friend here for the inaugural night. Uh, and, you know, I just love being able to, like, you know, the way parents just drop off their kids at the pool in the summer. Like, I just dropped my wife off <laughs> at Section 109. I was like, here, just go out there and make friends. Like, she, like everybody just adopted her. So it was killer, Here's your man. juice box. Yeah, pretty wine. much. Like, well, she's right in front of the bar, which you know is where she knows. And so, where else are you gonna put the supporter section? Yeah. So we just like dropped wives off, and like here, just go make friends in the supporter section. She went down there, former cheerleader, jumping up and down, and learning the songs and all that sort of stuff. So she was she was bummed out, man. She missed it too. But yeah, that's that's what we're trying to bring to everybody out there. We live vicariously through us here at these matches. Hey, so you kind of you brought it up. You mentioned it earlier that you were the PA voice. Sunday night at yeah. Torero Stadium. Tell us about that experience, because as soon as we were done with the pre-match show, um, I kind of turned around, and I was able to watch the match right there from from where we were pre-match, but Darren had to run up up a flight of stairs and get ready to to narrate that story. Yeah, that was uh, that was kept under wraps a little bit, uh, only because, you know, listen, there, there's only uh, X amount of people that are allowed inside of Torero Stadium per USL regulations. And so somehow you and I made the cut. But, you know, it's also like some double duty stuff, you know, and if they ask us to do other things and take on other responsibilities, uh, then, you know, certainly I I was open to it. I was pretty nervous. I've never done public address before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I didn't really even know what to say. And, you know, frankly, there's a couple of players here, even on Loyal, whose names I'm not 100 percent clear on, on how to pronounce. So, you know, and with five subs and yellow cards and, and all sorts of stuff. Water breaks. Water breaks. Yeah, like, yeah, it just, uh, I hauled up there to the box on the far side from where we are on the north side of the stadium. And, uh, you know, immediately it's like, hey, everybody, uh, you know, you got to do the anthem. But, you know, the anthem under normal circumstances, right, is like, everybody, please stand and remove your caps. And, well, you know, like, who are you doing that for? There's nobody here. Right. And, you know, it's still a league protocol that, you you know, you have an anthem. 
but we also knew that you know people were going to show their support uh, for uh, social causes. You know, and, and LA Galaxy two, I think all to a man took a knee. I think the majority of loyal players did. Obviously, somebody like Joe Greenspan is in a totally different position, being a Navy reservist. Um, so you know, even the wording on something like that, you know, had to sort of be adjusted on the fly like ladies you know okay well is it ladies and gentlemen no not really like your attention please please direct your attention to the west goal for the playing of the national anthem like you don't want to say stand because you know players aren't going to stay so yeah i don't know that it it was any good i don't know that that there were any expectations for it being good all i, I know is that I, I got in the way of of uh your halftime interview with landon donovan i mean we were going to get to that absolutely um I have this amazing audio where I chased down Landon Donovan at halftime and had to get a, a few words in with LD just to see how he thought, what he thought of the first half and just stuff we could use in the post-match show. And he was very nice to uh, give me a, a few minutes there as soon as it wrapped up. And as I'm recording this, I'm recording it not for broadcast purposes, but recording it so I can go back and listen, write down notes and use it in the post-match show. And in my recording, Landon is starting to... He, he has this buildup on the changes he's going to make and why he's going to make these changes. And he's about to tell me the subs and why he's making the subs. And then the only thing you hear in this audio clip that we're about to play um, <laughs> is Darren's PA work, which is really, really good. Like, Darren was a really good PA voice, except when I went back later in the second half to listen <laughs> to this audio, I couldn't hear a damn thing of why Landon made these subs. Here's what the audio sounded like. Just what you liked from the first half to start. Nothing. Thank you. As bad as we were, we probably could have scored three goals. Yeah. Um, Double substitutions um, for SD Loyal. So we made two substitutions. Coming into the match, number three, Elijah Martin. He replaces number seven, Carlos Alvarez. Like I said, Darren, like you, you sounded great in the PA. Double substitutions um, for SD Loyal. So we made two. So you're very clear. You're crisp. I, I think you were very good for, for the circumstances. Like you said, you're not a PA guy. No, and, oh, and that'll teach you to do an interview right in front of a microphone. <laughs> right? Because that's pretty much where the speaker was. Like, what were you thinking? Double substitutions um, for SD Loyal. So we made two. So yeah, I don't, I Wait, don't your know. Your first time doing a halftime well, listen, interview with okay. Landon Donovan? Okay, it was. Um, <laughs> and I'm not even sure what I did was, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and bring it up because we're just going behind the scenes on this podcast. Um, Landon, to get a few words, like I had to walk all the way back to the bench with them. I don't know if I was supposed to do that, but in order to get these uh, get these words in and get this interview done, I had to walk all the way back to the bench. And next, next thing you know, I'm looking around and here I am on the SD Loyal bench ready to come on in the second half. Hmm. Just had another goal, by the way. It was number 13, but they've switched shirts. We have no idea who just scored. I do. But we can't say. I will say that it was not Kempen in net. It was not. Kempen did not allow that goal. No. no. I will say this also. It was good to see that player score. Mm. Very interesting. Yes. Yeah. Very good to see that player out here today. It would be great to see that player score this Saturday night. Especially against that team. Um, Thank you. <laughs> so I thought what Landon said, if you could actually hear the audio, was he made changes because he didn't think – Certain players were competing. Certain areas of the field, they weren't competing strongly enough. So he made some changes. Um, I don't know. I can't break down the film. I'm going to be very honest, Darren. You'll hear us say that a lot this season. I can't break down the first half, the second half. I, I didn't think – I saw a lot of offensive chances for SD Loyal. I, I thought Los Dos took it to him pretty good in the first half. But that's what LD that had to say at halftime. But your sweet. PA worked fantastic. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, even if you you're really just trying to, good. I'm not Even just if you're it. just trying to build some confidence since I, apparently I'm doing it again on Saturday night. Are you? Yeah. Double substitutions um, for SD Loyal. So we made two. Unless you want to do it. 
listen, man, I got I'm backup play by play just in case Jack goes down. I'll like, tell you what I'm most nervous about. I'm most nervous about loyal scoring and how much like oomph I'm gonna put into that. Ooh, you know like, what is? Can you do like? Can we do a a faux PA call right now? Like, do I just go like total PA hack? And be like, SD loyal goal. Yeah. Is that hack? That's what I was gonna recommend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you know, should I just no, let's, like let's go do a, like can balls we give an out and just do it? It's loud right now. So let's say, uh, for example, let's say a guy like Irvin Paris scores this weekend mm. uh, in the 32nd minute. Loyal now lead one nil. So let's say that just happened. We go live to Torero Stadium. Here's your PA voice, Darren Smith. I, I've got to work on okay. it. Yeah, I got. I got I'm sorry, you're putting me on the spot here, and the players are around, so I'm. I'm. I'm getting a little bit of stage fright. That's fine. Absolutely. <laughs> but I'll have that fine. figured out Saturday night, seven o'clock. They're okay. going to score. Are they going to? I know. I said I wasn't going to say this anymore, but they're going to score on Saturday night. Yeah. They're going to, and I promise you this too. They're going to have more than one shot on target. Okay. Well, uh, Darren, as we wrap up the podcast, because you're a very, very busy man, let's wrap it up. This weekend, Las Vegas, it's going to look a little bit different than last night, last time, not just because there's not going to be any fans here. They have a different manager. Uh, Winalda, as we've talked about on the podcast, no longer the manager of Las Vegas Lights. It's going to be Frank Yallop, um, who actually managed Landon Donovan with the LA Galaxy back in 2006, 2007. Uh, even before that, managed him with the San Jose Earthquakes yeah. way back in 2001. Uh, and won an MLS Cup together. Like, what a weird game. They have they have some history. So this is the manager. We all remember when David Beckham came to L.A. Uh, this was the Galaxy manager. Galaxy had named Yallop the manager just a little bit before Beckham came over. So he had experience. Uh, Donovan has experience with Yallop as a player-manager relationship with the Galaxy, and as Darren mentioned, uh, with San Jose. He was Canada's national team manager before he took over for the L.A. Galaxy. Um, and one other connection, too, uh, was with Fresno last year. And some of the right. players here uh, played for Fresno last year. And uh, Jesse Beltron, who is with the marketing department of San Diego Loyal, was with Fresno last year. So, you know, there's there's lots of connections with Yallop yeah. heading in this weekend. So, I mean, a familiar face already when Winalda came here, clearly in San Diego, a familiar face. But another familiar face for a lot of people this weekend coming to town Saturday night instead of Sunday night. Um, 7 p.m., 6.30 pre-match coverage with the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. Pitch side, Darren. But that's going to be the uh, the main difference, I think, Saturday. You're going to see a change with the manager, and we'll see what happens. Last time it was 1-1. They uh, The lights had a wonder goal. Still might be the goal of the season in USL. And we'll see what happens this weekend. Yeah, uh, and again, for what it's worth, and, and consider the sources here, uh, even just this training looks much different you know, sometimes you need a, an ugly performance as a little bit of a wake-up call. It just looks really competitive, you know? I asked Landon this week if he felt like that performance was flat, and he says, listen, anytime you're scoreless and you only get one shot, you're going to say it's flat. Right. You know, that's every sport, right? Like, baseball team gets three hit. You're like, yeah, it was flat. But, you know, and, and you know, I thought... Padres Los, for a decade. Yeah, I thought... <laughs> flat. I thought, you know, like, Los Dos came out and really sort of, you know, played on the front foot. But, like, this this session here today is... is uh, I think intensity is a good word to use. It's a good today. word. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of that. A lot of that as well. So, looking forward to it Saturday night, as Jordan said, 6 30 with uh, Match Day Live on San Diego Loyal Facebook. Hope you'll tune in. And we thank those who tuned in. You know, we get a chance to see some of those numbers. And thank you very much. This is a work in progress, just like this club. Just, you know, that's us as well. Yeah. So uh, we plan on having a lot of fun uh, all season long here. 
at home at Torero Stadium when they're away out there at Stone Brewing and Liberty Station. Do you really not want to spend a minute here talking about Chelsea and the FA Cup? Surprises me. I mean, I'm I'm very focused on what's happening in front of me, but I am very excited for Chelsea Arsenal FA Cup two weeks time. Um, I'm actually more interested. In, it's more pressing this week. The Prem wraps up. Chelsea oh. will actually find out if they get a Champions League spot. So that's where my attention is. They play at Anfield today. I don't know what my expectations are. Actually, I know what my expectations are. I expect zero points from Chelsea today at Anfield. Well, they're not playing for anything Liverpool any longer. No. Other than just to be the best version of themselves. And can I say one they other thing, too? They get to celebrate the title today at Anfield. Whether it's uh, England or, or, you know, having watched a lot of Spanish football, obviously, for me, you know, you, you always are reminded this time of the year about the emotions of promotion and relegation. You know, I mean, and, and you, know, you and I are supporters of clubs that don't have to worry about such things. But, you know, you're just reminded about how cruel relegation can be, right? Like I watched the Spanish club, Leganes, which represents a part of Spain which was hit hardest by coronavirus. You know, this is the club I might have mentioned to you on a podcast that they put out when they returned to play with no supporters. They put out shirts in the seats of all the season ticket holders who had died. And that club got relegated, and it feels so cruel that it happens. And then on the flip side, you know, watching Leeds United get promoted and get back into the Premier League for the first time in 16 years and, and just seeing the supporters and, and seeing the city and seeing the celebration, like, you know, there's both sides of that. And you're just reminded of, like, how amazing this sport is, especially with promotion and relegation. Something, if I'm making a prediction, we might see in uh, the USL at some point, somewhere down the road. But... I think to to watch that and see uh, the the agony and also see the euphoria with relegation and promotion is just it's just unforgettable scenes. You know, even given the circumstances with not out being able to have a bunch of supporters inside of your stadium, it's just it's an it's an incredible thing. It really is. I'll always remember Rebecca Lowe coming on this podcast and telling us that the last two times that she cried as an adult was because of promotion and relegation, being a Crystal Palace supporter. So, you know, I, I'm just reminded of how amazing it is, even if you're unattached to it, just to see those sorts of things happening all across Europe. Yeah, and then we saw the, the latest twist just yesterday on a Tuesday in the Prem with Villa getting a win against Arsenal and then Watford getting demolished by City and the goal differential is going to play a factor here as yep. we go into the final weekend. So um, we'll see what the latest twist will be in the Prem. But... Yeah, I, uh, I'm with you. I wouldn't be shocked if we see a little pro-rel in this league in a few years. I would say so. Look who's making an appearance. We try to sneak into his booth. We try to break into your booth. Jack Cronin is here at Torero Stadium breaking things down. Getting How ready great for was Jack? Next. Did you oh get it? Jack, was, Jack and Shannon Mack were unbelievably good. Yeah. They, were, they are so much better than we are. It, it, yeah, I mean, there's a reason why we're down on the field drinking beers before a match, and they're like up with a professional broadcast. But yeah, they were. I mean, they, they did not sound like a broadcast team that had just gotten together, just started to work, coming out of a pandemic. You know, like they sounded like a very experienced veteran crew. Very proud of those guys. Yeah, a lot of fun. All right, got to thank our sponsors on the way out, Darren. Three Punk Ales, also Sport Clips. Yep, absolutely. Uh, thank them. And again, we uh, we thank you guys for listening. We thank you guys for watching. And uh, we will speak to you again coming up Saturday night at about 630.